Welcome back to Toys on Tab. We are so stoked this week to bring on Last Bastion Studios. You've heard the episode with Jess West. You've heard the episode with Jess Chris. But now we have both in one episode, and it's good. Their Kickstarter is now live. You can find their project by clicking the link in my link tree or clicking one of the links that I've posted this week. If you want to support the show, we would love that. You can like, subscribe, rate, review. If you want to follow us on social media, at Toys on Tap. Now let's get to this week's episode with some of my favorite people, only on Toys on Tap. I'm here. You did it. You did it. I did it. I, uh, you know technical difficulties along the way but but we're here we did it those never go away you know after almost three years of podcasting (laughs) never has there been a day where we haven't had some kind of technical something i feel like a switchboard operator just like which plug is gonna work (laughs) every single time yes no (laughs) all right i'm gonna try this cable now (laughs) I'm so stoked you guys are on. We you know it's cool to have like individual members of the team on, but then to have the whole team at once, dreams are coming true. Welcome yeah. to the madness, my friend. There. <laughs> I even got Ragnar sitting right here. So I know you got a you got a Gordon packed up next to him and everything. Yeah. yeah. The only three Safubis I own are these two and uh Doomco's little Tarbus. Tardigrade. Oh yeah. yeah. Kent, Kent's little baby boy. Yeah, he's a he's a cool guy. I'm uh I'm stoked, and you're and the giveaway's blowing up. Like it just is, dude. That that thing, I was kind of surprised. I mean, it's a lot of Sofubi to be giving away, but um, it also shows that there's a lot of pent up desire for the Sofubi pieces. You know, um, yeah. it, it just seems like there's a lot of people who are like i wanted those anyways and now that there's a chance to get them for free i'm in <laughs> i was thinking about um how to do it because it's probably going to be on one of those wheels and i'll invite one or both of you on when we do the drawing mm-hmm. to like talk about the toys and when's the drawing what day is it uh monday 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 okay yeah cool. and um when I wrote it out. We had talked about it a little bit where it was like, it's the same standard stuff, right? Like and subscribe, uh, do all that stuff. Um, but what is the bummer part, but also the cool part? We were like, oh, you get extra entries if you follow. <laughs> so now I realize I got to go through all the comments and then track all four accounts at once. It's- you can actually i'll let you know who is just let me know who you have for entries just send me a list of who you've got for entries and i'll double check them against last bastion and luchador and chris can double check them against ragnar and we'll just tell you if they get an extra entry yeah that that's amazing chris are you jumping in on video or no you hanging out no uh problems no big deal I'm you, glad. you know like i tried to call all the cats to form voltron and just the leg and the right shoulder showed up and we're just gonna try and figure 
you, you have just a little little shaky Voltron happening right now. That's all right. Um, before we get started, please introduce yourselves. Tell us, everyone, who we got on Toys on Tap today. My name is Chris Hilseth. Uh, I am the co-owner of Last Fashion Studios. Uh, I do a bunch of stuff. Uh, <laughs> I am sculptor, painter, prototyper, engineer, manufacturing, uh, consultant, creative services, all that kind of good stuff. I'm also a pretty weird dude. Uh, <laughs> um, I make kaiju toys, soft vinyl, and uh, been a longtime collector ever since I was a little kid. Uh, please reference the Toys on Tap episode previously on. Uh, I, <laughs> I'll end it right here. Spotify, yeah. <laughs> Listen to that before we continue. <laughs> yeah, my business partner is. My name is Wes Allard. I have been a longtime collector of comics, lover of things, pop culture, and so on and so forth. I am also co-owner of Last Fashion Studios and am the other half of the car, so to speak. Uh, the things Chris isn't handling, I'm handling or have my fingers in in some way, shape or form shape or form. I do all the I do the script writing for the comics. I also do painting and other just random tasks. He does a lot more than that. It's just what yeah. we can remember. <laughs> yeah, they've heard both of your episodes. You guys do the most amount of work and cram all of it into like the average day as i'm waking up you both have probably already started day two for you guys like you guys are just cranking out so much work and stuff so yeah to say that you just dabble i don't know about that <laughs> yeah it's weird because like I, I i know me and wes share the same sentiment but it's like it, it feels like it's never enough i want to do so much more and then there's so much more to do you know that is uh i think about that a lot uh is it just like time is so constraining with all that you guys do because you're at conventions and, and i want to catch up on what you guys have got going on since we last talked but um like conventions and creating and working with other people trying to work with you guys is it just all of that is so time constraining um i personally honestly i would say no because all of that is you know the thing that i enjoy the most out of all of this like i like working with other people i like going to conventions i like doing all the things that are associated with it and my day tends to you know like i happily engage in all those activities that go towards that i don't know man the thing that takes up time is like feeding myself yeah. <laughs> paying bills <laughs> like, yeah you know it's the maintenance of the human body that, yeah it's those things that are all sort of not related um because yeah i don't see uh going to a convention as being a time constraint especially because it's related to last fashion studios in some way, shape, or form. So it's not a strain. It's just it's a particular thing at a particular moment that needs more attention than, say, a sculpt. 
at a particular time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just becomes that constant reshuffling of priorities in order to make sure that we're getting everything done on time and when we want it to be finished, you know? Mm-hmm. I think um, every time the only reason I ask that is because every time someone has come to me and said, like, oh, I want to make a toy, I just send them to you guys. And I, <laughs> oh, I'm, awesome. I'm like, go talk to that. Like, maybe don't talk to me about that. I can't help you. Just go. <laughs> um, and so it's cool. And then sometimes they'll come back and say, like, oh, I talked to them. And in my head, it's like, oh, you just added to their like already packed. Like you just became one of their things. Oh, that's fine. Please come talk yeah. to us. Yeah, honestly, friend. please do. Yeah, I, we're it's it's great. If you're adding to our list of priorities and everything else, awesome. We're definitely yeah. happy to hear that. Come be my friend. I want to talk toys. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to catch up. You know, it's been probably like 20, 25 episodes since Wes was on. Chris, it's been like. 50 60 episodes yeah. since you've been on so i don't even know where to start i i mean d- d- we ended when uh it's probably last year so maybe mm-hmm. catch me up on the year of what's happening and like what last bastion is shooting for what's been going on in this uh last year six months well th- wait this guy's this guy's coming out on monday the 10th right yeah Oh, oh well, okay. I mean, I think this might be a perfect opportunity to announce that we have a Kickstarter that should be live today regarding our Ultraman uh, Chibi. Yeah, we got the Ultraman license, and we've been working diligently uh, over, I would say, almost a year now uh, with the licensor. Um, getting all the characters, sculpts, and everything approved uh, for our Kickstarter launch, which is happening uh, essentially today, uh, when all you fun and lovely listeners are are and listening to this podcast. Are speaking to future present you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's huge. Run me through the Kickstarter. What is, uh, I mean, Ultraman TV style, like what goes into that? Um, and what was it like sculpting and working with the licensor? What what is the Kickstarter to fund all those good things? Wow, that's a that's a a, a mighty bit to unpack. Yeah, uh, I think <laughs> um, I I think we can kind of hit this in chunks, and and I think Chris might um, tag team back, and Chris and I might tag team back and forth on it, but. I would say number one, uh, the main thing about about all of this is just um, time. Like it's taken a lot of time, and there's been a lot of back and forth. And I don't want to say that there's like language barriers or anything like that, but there's definitely been some cultural barriers and cultural, uh, just different kinds of cultural understandings that you know, required some extra work on our part to, to sort of navigate and even, and even understand from our own perspective. I know, I know at, from my perspective at various points throughout this whole process, I was kind of freaking out that any of this would even happen, you know, like uh, we just had 
notes upon notes upon notes and and things like that but you know as far as like sculpts and designs and stuff um we got to work with the amazing sophie campbell and um you know and obviously chris is our master sculptor but you know i'll let him jump off jump on with um you know handling more of, of that end of it uh yeah um we we had going uh i think about a year mm-hmm. of going back and forth with Subaraya of kind of like what our initial thoughts were uh where we wanted to take the license uh take the the pieces that we were trying to make make them like more stylized stuff that you haven't seen but also harken back to like the old 80s and 90s chibi figures uh that a lot of us have because they're just so collectible um the scale that we're doing them in is a three inch scale so they're a little bit larger than than the ones that uh most people remember from bandai which are about like an inch maybe three quarters of an inch Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, like, like Wes had said, that there is uh, some, I mean, the going back and forth and revision after revision was, uh, it was tough to get through in some cases, and we kind of had to uh, have our our, our, our kind of like come to Jesus moment in, in so many words where uh, we had to like really figure out what was needed for the license to get approved, what was our ideal vision of what we wanted to produce. And I'm I'm very thankful for uh, the guys over at Subaru being so understanding and kind of just like doing video chats and like going into like, okay, this is like the whole reason behind we're asking for these kind of adjustments and these kind of design stylings. And there is a science to it that we were kind of like, uh, I was a little bit unaware of uh, uh, just because uh, it was kind of like one of those things that uh, a lot of people already knew in so many different ways. But we uh, got Sophie Campbell to uh, do some excellent concepts for him. I did the bulk majority of the sculpting of each one of the figures, and our first uh, couple figures are going to be Ultraman, mm-hmm. you know, the the head hunter. A man himself. Uh, we got Gabora, and then we got uh, Gamora as well. So those are the, the first officially approved figures and characters that are going to be in the Kickstarter. And we're going to have painted versions and unpainted versions. And we also got uh, a couple other figures uh, approved. Uh, the sculpts aren't there yet, but all the concepts are are done, uh, which is going to be in wave two, which is Pigmon, uh, Jamil, Jamila, is it Sedora? Jim- uh, it's spelled like yeah, it's Sedora. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Sometimes there's an L in it for some reason. Uh, Sedola. I think one of the the quick things that it became very apparent for us in this whole process was that Subaraya is extremely, like they're extremely concerned and they're extremely invested in the character of Ultraman and, and they want him portrayed in their way. 
You know, if this is not somebody going like, yeah, here, here's the license, do whatever the hell you want. Like, yeah. no, every aspect really needs to be approved and they have to understand what you're doing and you have to understand where they're coming from in order to, to, to get to a place where you both can come up yeah. and appreciate the idea. And there was a real emphasis on, on Ultraman and they're like, yeah, you have to get it exactly how we, we, we want it. And you can kind of take some stylistic liberties with all the monsters. So as long as you get Ultraman perfect, like okay. the other ones, I mean, all, all the, the hundreds of Kaiju and demons and aliens that are in that show and series, uh, they're kind of like, okay, well, well, let you uh take a little liberties on, on you know the scales that that it, certain characters have or the fold certain characters have and kind of make it more of your own which is pretty cool what's it like negotiating in that right because you you probably have your heart set on some design aspects and then there's the potential that these people which I get having a character that you want a specific way portrayed, like how you want it um, may shoot down some of those ideas. Like what's that process well, like well, for yourself? Like a lot of it really. You have to fight for it. You, yeah, you really have to fight for it and you have to like really uh, flesh every single idea and reasoning out to make it make sense to both parties mm -hmm. because they are they're doing their job. They're they're the they're the licensors. They're making sure that their property is portrayed in the correct, proper light, either design aesthetic or or whatever. Um, and they, they're making a point that uh, everything is perfect on their end. So if they get a couple yahoos from America wanting to <laughs> make some toys, and they're like, "I want it to look like this." This one disfigured chibi that I found at a garage sale from 1982. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like, well, sir, things have changed. <laughs> we interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have an engine failure. We almost crash land on DKE Toy Planet. Oh my, we're doomed. <laughs> Wait! Salvation! Hooray! We're saved, DLP2! Limited edition custom artist-made action figures and DKE Toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! But, you know, they, they don't cut, like, it, it's not, like, on the faq on their website or anything yeah. like that so we we kind of met in the middle in a, in a lot of ways and you just have to uh make sure that you're not taking anything personally and that uh this is kind of the work that you if you're working with a licensor this is the type of stuff that you're gonna have to go through yeah and, I, I think that's that's a really good point to bring up is that even though you have a vision that you want this thing to be and you're doing the sculpting and you're doing the financing and you're doing the producing and all that, you've still got to compromise with the actual license holders. Mm -hmm. Like you, you've still got to compromise and work within their scale. So, you know, it really is uh, far more 
collaborative than people think, even if that collaboration is just working within their box, working within their boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, is I've worked crazy. for other companies that have uh, dealt with licenses and that's like the, the whole part of the business is just licensed products. And I have experienced uh, the really like we didn't experience anything like this with Super Eye at all. They they've been awesome, but I I've been in email chains and phone calls where there's like a person on the other end um, just trying to validate their paycheck. They've never chimed in the whole process of the production up until the very like very point of like shipping the items out to the customers, and then they so like actually you know that. The paint scheme on this figure isn't reminiscent of, you know, our our style guide. So you're gonna have to change it. It's like, dude, you just, <laughs> yeah, you, you, everybody is losing money on this now. Your royalties are gone. Our our production cost is gone, and you're wanting us to overhaul the whole figure. Oh man, it's mm. terrible, terrible, terrible. You both have seemed like those three aren't going to be the last three. there's probably like a wave three potential right oh I mean, yeah i mean yeah i mean in, the, in an ideal world we would do um a lot more obviously yeah. you know we picked we picked three um we picked three as our first wave for a reason we picked yeah. three as our second wave for a reason it's not too many characters it's not too little characters we're actually dealing with characters that are fairly well known and have you know have their own their own fan base almost entirely for 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 their own various reasons and uh and and yeah you know like this is this is the first run for us so yeah let's let's start with three you know and yeah. uh, we'll grow from there there's so many different characters out there uh, in the Ultraman universe, and there are so many that even within the the property itself have their own kind of like micro niche cult following, and it's like it's insane. Like like there there are characters out there that like I have never even heard of, didn't <laughs> even know it was Ultraman to begin with, and then like I'm seeing toys, bootlegs, and just people making like punker uh garage shirts out of these characters i'm like what the hell is that yeah. and i and i can never figure it out until i started looking through the archives of all these monsters and aliens and demons and characters from the ultraman universe i was like oh my god that's like ultraman episode blah 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 and he shows up for like five minutes and you guys are like this is our king this well, is our <laughs> i do think that that's that's one important thing to sort of point out is american our audiences just aren't aware of how ubiquitous ultraman is within you know asian cultures like he's been a constant Fixture, fixture in production since the 1960s. Yeah, I would a say the average show. American person. There are definitely all the people sure. that at G Fest and Japan World Heroes and 
uh, all the places that we congregate, but the average person definitely is just like ultra who, yeah. what? Even yeah. though it's a bigger property than Godzilla, <laughs> which yep. is that's what I'm attributing it to in my head because I think um, I mean I, I've said this before on the podcast. The more that I bring people on, the more I realize like how much I don't know about toys. <laughs> and so um, even this past, like, I don't know much about Ultraman, but this past week um, I went to this, I don't know what you'd call it. It's called book off, but it's this like store where you can trade in and it has like Asian influences. It's got a manga section. It's got all kinds of stuff. Um, and they had this giant milk crate of old Ultraman <laughs> like <laughs> figures that are just piled in. And then on the flip, I watch um, Victory Comics uh, or uh, I don't remember, isn't it Chance Priest comic or whatever. He's, um, he does a lot of bootlegs and uh, mm -hmm. Japanese Safubi and stuff. And he'll list a monster. And it's like, I'm like Googling every five seconds. Cause I have no idea. And they're all <laughs> Ultraman monsters. Yeah. yeah and like another, cool uh, uh but also kind of confusing uh thing about a lot of the early monsters in the ultraman world is that there was a lot of costumes being reused there's a lot of like arms and legs and heads being repainted uh recasted there's like the i think nagora and gabora have the same body uh but, but yeah it, it's it's like it's like build a monster shop, you know, <laughs> mix and match parts, seriously. But at the time, like, I totally get it. It's like, oh, man, we don't have the budget for this next monster in the episode five or whatever. Just yeah. spray paint it blue. That one. Spray it blue. This one. <laughs> Put feathers on it. Yeah. How? So when you were thinking about this a year ago and you started this process, what is it? Because I've heard both of you speak about your current license or your current like figures and everything and the the joy and passion that you have about Ragnar and the Luchador series. Um, what made you then look and say we want to do Ultraman? What what's what was pushing towards that? It was um, kind of like a why not? Yeah, I was gonna say I think that's <laughs> that's sort of like what it is for us is you know we're not like we don't just go oh we're these kinds of toy makers we are we are toy makers it just so happens that so far we've primarily worked in so and resin that doesn't mean we're not going to get to injection molded plastic at some point it doesn't mean we're not going to get into a lot of different other things and at the same time we also have a lot of influences in our lives as well and I think that a goal, at least for me personally, um, is, is if I can somehow be a part of the history of a character that I love without having to be some kind of slave to it, and it yeah. is my only job, then I absolutely love to and would be enchanted to be a part of the history of some of these characters and Ultraman is is one that um you know uh I mean I think I think the main I think the main reason why we asked is why not yeah you know? <laughs> Wes of course he's the writer and he's way more eloquent and articulate than I am uh 
but yeah, it's uh, it's like I want to make that. Who who do we got to talk to? How do we do that? Okay, let let's start digging and let's start searching and see who the right people are. And we made some phone calls, shot some emails out, and after you know a couple meetings and screeners and kind of like, are these guys just random people off the street type of like questions and like. They're like, oh, yeah, they've made some soft final figures. And the answer is yes, we yeah. are random guys off yeah. the street, but <laughs> yeah. we convinced them that we yeah. actually make toys too. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's got experience. We know how to do this. It's cool to see. Give us that, a chance. <laughs> it's cool to see that these are being picked up, right? That people are getting access to these. I remember talking to um, uh, Ken at, at Doomco, and he has the Astro Boy license for some of his figures and so it's like seeing that these these toys and these lines that these average americans might not know you guys are bringing them here and you're like no no, no look at this look at what we've done look at what yeah free is and that's the, really the cool. cool thing like uh, especially now is that there has been a slow build and kind of resurgence uh over the last couple of years of tokusatsu the kaiju the big robots and mm -hmm. i i feel like it was kind of seeded by guillermo del toro with pacific rim you know years ago of just like having that movie come out and then having some younger folks see it and then kind of like dance around that genre of movies and then Netflix is coming out with new series. There's new comic books coming out. Yeah, there's, and it's slowly there's percolating and kind of driving up. Huge manga anime influence upon just your average kid mm -hmm. nowadays. Like when we were younger, like it was just the rare odd kid who knew about yeah. you know Akira and and Ninja Scroll and Naruto and some of these things. Apple like it was seeds. just a rando, rando odd kid, you know? And everybody was kind of always like, what? That that Japanese cartoon stuff? Ah, Is it whatever. that hentai? Is, aren't you reading porn? <laughs> yeah, no. all those questions. These guys got swords questions. and guns and well, like now you, can, you can walk into a school and I guarantee you at least half of the kids in, in a various elementary school are going to know multiple, multiple uh, Japanese properties, even if it's just Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, like mm -hmm. just the like very ubiquitous ones. They're going to know that style, that influence, like they're already uh, receptive to it. Whereas, you know, when we were younger, that was not necessarily the case. No. And yeah. we, we see it at conventions more than anywhere else because that's where we're at and that's where our people are. Uh, but they, there have been plenty of times where, you know, a, a little kid will come up to our booth and just immediately be like, I like the turtle, you know, like eight or seven years old, just like, excuse me, sir, I do like your turtle. I can see the Gamera influences. However, I know that it is not Gamera or Gamera 2. Or <laughs> Mother, <laughs> can I please purchase this turtle? May we please take this home? <laughs> yes. Uh, which, that's incredible. You know, uh, you're absolutely right. My library had one of those manga books when I was mm -hmm. in high school. And the yep. same kid 
rented it out each week. Yep. Um, and I knew this kid, and he like was definitely the weird kid. But now it's like my sister's ubiquitous. Yeah, my sister's all about anime. She took me to Sailor anime. Moon. Joseph's yeah, our adventure. Like <laughs> she took me to this One Piece. Like all yeah. of a sudden, all these kids are like, "Have you heard of One Piece?" It's like, bro, there's 900 episodes. Of course, I've heard of One Piece. Yeah. <laughs> It's I, been going on since the dawn of time. Yeah. <laughs> and I was there. I, I, I was there at the beginning. I uh we're I'm running into kid like uh I work with students uh, a lot, uh, like middle school age. And every once in a while, like there's a little elementary school kid that'll come in and be like, Have you like have you heard of Avatar? And my head is like, wait, 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 wait. What avatar are you talking about? Like this new one that I don't care about. <laughs> multiple this... avatars. Yeah, kid, we, something we like that. This <laughs> um, and so it's it's cool to see that, and I love that that's like our culture. And then going to Anime Con, and and I know nothing about any of it, and then just being like immersed in it, and it was like, oh, oh, there's a whole world here of people that I don't know that they probably exist at Designer Con but I get to you guys before they're around. So it's like, I don't even see them mm-hmm. there. Um, and so it, it's cool to well, see. I think, I think part of it is, is that, is that, you know, no longer is there just an anime kid or just a comic kid or right. just a toy kid. Like all those things cross, like, you know, people cross all those boundaries and are their own little Venn diagram on how all of those things intersect for them. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. And there's no longer, at least like when I was younger, I was I was shamed for liking comic books, oh, yeah. for liking we- the things that I liked and stuff like that. And so, you know, I never really got to share in my joy of these things with very many people. In fact, I had them hidden for the most part. That's not a taboo thing anymore. And so there's there's just much more like, freedom in terms of sharing and everything else and and so many more people now get to enjoy it together as opposed to all alone in secret hidden in your room in secret because you don't want yeah. the rest of the cool like yeah in, school, in you know? high school and middle school it was rare to see somebody with like a batman shirt or right. like a superman shirt or whatever and now it's like full-grown adults yeah. and everything are wearing like, it, you know yeah. batman symbols on cars and everything else <laughs> yeah. which is rad i mean i wear the so cool. ragnar shirt to work and i work with people that come in like suits and they look at me like um so on top of this which is coming out today because it's monday when people hear this mm-hmm. uh Catch me up on some writing that's being done for both of those like different properties that you have and like uh, possible maybe toy designs that are coming. I've seen some of the most incredible paint jobs from I don't know who I just see them and I immediately repost them without like. Oh, dude, Wes is getting good. 
I'm going to have to hang up my airbrush pretty soon. I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I definitely, I definitely enjoy doing all the paint jobs and I'm definitely having a lot of fun doing them. And, you know, I feel my skill is certainly accelerating faster and faster. And, you know, I'm, I'm stacking ideas for later that I want to do, but um, I, I would say as far as everything goes, that's, that's what, that's the time that gets eaten into the most is painting time. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, so I would say that as far as like, as far as uh, comic projects and stuff are going, so Tokyo Jaguar is currently in the middle of the coloring phase. That's the standalone um, uh, graphic novel, like Luchador graphic novel of King Jaguar fighting with the Yakuza in Japan. Mm -hmm. So that's in the color phases right now. Alfredo and I are fine tuning the colors. They honestly, man, like the pages look beautiful. The art has a very Samurai Jack. Uh, feel Batman animated adventures feel to it which is exactly what I wanted we're doing very fun stuff with the colors that's much more along the lines of Batman the killing joke and uh, and um, you know uh, how the the other uh, I'm forgetting the other series uh, it's escaping me off the top of my head but we're also going to do a black and white version of it mm. because both Alfredo and I are big fans of Yakuza films. So we want it to have that black and white Yakuza film look as well. So <clears throat> we're going to be coming out with uh, that uh, graphic novel later this year. Luchador Chapter 2 is also in the coloring phase with Mr. Max Nagata handling all the colors on that. Um yeah, and Max Max is doing a good job. He's got some interesting color ideas, and it's you know us talking them out and uh, and working them out. Um, Ragnar issue one is in the works. We've actually got a completed short story of Dreaded Fred. We've also got some other short stories written. We're looking at a couple of different artists, and we're actually looking at essentially putting together just a comic of Ragnar short stories of various characters um from the world so there's that that's insane like there's that that's so much going in like <laughs> uh so what are these other characters in the ragnar series like you just threw that in there's a whole oh chris oh chris oh, fun with that. <laughs> dude dude yep we're All here right. for it so um all right. Let's just start with Dreaded Fred. Okay, Let's Dreaded start Fred. With Dreaded Fred. Um, Dreaded Fred is a intergalactic. I, ha space I have to hurt him, otherwise yes. we're never gonna get him back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Wes will be the little side rails uh, in case this bowling ball goes into the parking lot and <laughs> <laughs> causes a big old. Uh, never mind. All right. Already getting there. Anyways. Uh, Dreaded Fred, intergalactic space barbarian known as the uh, Dream Berserker. Uh, Dreaded Fred is kind of like a uh, he, in in so many words, he he's kind of like a space prince in 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 the most polite, polished way. However, Gimli, he, Gimli meets Conan the Barbarian. Yes, take it. great. I'll take that. Yes. Yes. Um, 
And he is the leader of the Berserkers of Felmore. And the Berserkers of Felmore are bonded protectors of the astral plane and to the uh, great king emperor uh, of Nalandia, which is like their, their world that they live in. And just they live in the astral plane. They're sentient beings. They uh, are kind of like in this weird uh medieval yet futuristic uh landscape uh they have swords they've got guns they got spaceships uh they do till the astral earth and grow crops and there is a a whole township that expanses you know all time and space and that's um, just a nutshell oh yeah this is what i'm trying to keep <laughs> But, within the, but, li the little thing. Uh, and you've heard me talk about Skelly King, right? Skelly King, the, yep. the, the main baddie in Ragnar. So Skelly King is from the Underverse, and it is pretty much like a mirror image of the astral plane of Nalandia, and it's basically the opposite side of that. So if you think of matter versus antimatter, that's mm -hmm. what it would be. So Dreaded Fred's world and then Skelly King's world. And so with the little short that we did, we kind of touched on uh, the introduction of Skelly King conquering or, or as a world conqueror uh, in different realms of existence and different space and like through the astral plane, through the dreamscape. And we see that Dreaded Fred's world getting conquered by Skelly King. And at the end of it, uh, he's pretty much banished to oblivion, mm. to the darkness. The, the thing to sort of bear in mind with all of these shorts are that every one of these characters it, that has a short related to them is becomes a member either an important member of the Ragnar squad like a very specific person within the universe who goes on the adventures with the rest of the crew mm -hmm. or they are an antagonist or some sort of just like key character so the dreaded Fred short is that introduction of well this is sort of your base little taste of who this character is before he gets sucked into the actual storyline of Ragnar. So we have mm. one written for him. We've got another we've got another one for a character named Odium Ultra who's who's like a basically like a like a super badass bounty hunter. Um and and just other various characters, even characters who are seen in um, you know, issue one, like there is a short story related to beatbox and dr hammer and the bond and parcel service and so these yeah. help introduce these ideas that are happening within the world and helps uh you know give little little sort of like prequel nuggets to some of these characters um and yeah and help and just lay different foundations you know yeah like, like give a sample taste test to like where where we're all going with this like there are astral characters there are demons there's giant robots there's wizards who were trying to harmonize and protect the world but then yeah. there's a, a 
world destroyer from the underverse of antimatter and all he wants to do is destroy blah like there, there's and it's all cohesive it all makes sense i'll show you the, the diagram I'll show you. <laughs> but 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 that's that's my job right like i i've got to sit with him and sort of go through the giant plate of spaghetti you know we build the the links and the strings and then we come up with the the you know the threads of the storyline and then it's my job to sort of get it and put yeah. it on the paper and and make these cohesive units and so the idea behind all of these uh these little short prequel stories so to speak is that this this short comic would be called the day that mecha man died so for those mm. of you who have uh, Ragnar issue zero, you know all about the day that Mecha Man died. And for those of mm -hmm. you who don't know about it, I highly suggest you go to our website and purchase <laughs> a Ragnar issue zero. Yes. <laughs> so you can find out about Mecha Man and the day he died. But the idea is that this short, these shorts all are sort of tied to the day that Mecha Man died and where everybody was in their place within the universe at the time that Mecha Man died. And so then the next time we see these characters, it'll be them being sucked into the world of Ragnar and the giant story thereafter. Yeah. And that's only a glimpse. So what's, yes. what's crazy, just so everyone knows, <laughs> that was just a, like, a hint of that, what's That's a coming. grain of sand, my friend. Yeah, you got it's... a bump of your first. That was a freebie. Now it's time to <laughs> yeah. We, we still have to go into the undefeated masters. Oh man, the, the anti wizards, uh, Terrapin Shoals. Like, oh, there's the Kaiju Brawlers Club. Yeah, oh. yeah. It, it gets. Oh, it I gets, can't wait to tell the story of Nitro and Candor. It's oh. one of those things where it's that it's that meme. It's that it's that Charlie Day from Always Sunny in Philadelphia meme yep. where it's like. You open the door, and now all of a sudden, I've got the the crazy conspiracy theory wall behind me, and I'm and I'm trying to like let you in without seeming like an absolute madman. But yeah. <laughs> yes. But for yes. sure, the madman is there. Um, yes. And 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 we're we're making sense of it. So. So tell me about <laughs> this uh, spaghetti unraveling the process. I know that um, when. I know that when people, when the company uh, Magic, when they want to make new cards, they'll hand their artists like blurbs, just little blurbs, and uh -huh. they're like, go for it. But that's not like the amount of stories that you guys are going through. A little blurb doesn't really suffice. So what does this like no. unwinding really look like when no. you get brought a new character so... for Chris? I, I I'll start it off, and then Wes will help clean it up. Like, like, <laughs> like. this is kind of how it goes. So it's kind of witnessing basically, the process like I, I've kind of talked it out with Wes uh, in, in this way of just like, okay, that like I have these characters. This is the starting point of where I want them to start, mm -hmm. and I give the backstory, and then I have the end point. And then through riffing on the characters and the backstories, I jump from like, oh, I've got this one scene where this character does this and this does this and it causes this to happen. But we have to back into that and rewrite that history. But also, don't you forget, 
we are also <laughs> dealing with these things. So let's take that into account and also get your notes. Get your notes. <laughs> <laughs> Every so, day for the last five years. Okay. Yes. This is this is definitely correct. And like so this that is a lot of how it starts. He really we we honestly we start talking about a character. He's like, so I got this character and I want this character to be important in this in this way. And this is where I have to start doing multiple things. Number one, I've got to start asking questions because I need to know certain aspects of the character in order to in order to understand the motivation behind their actions. I've got to understand the motivation of them as a whole. And I've also got to make sense of where he wants to end that character. Because if I can't, if I can't get the character to the end point that he wants in a logical manner, then it's like, hey, dude, we got to rediscuss this end point. Are you <laughs> sure you're not going for this, 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 and this? And the other thing is, is I, I read a ton, like mm-hmm. a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton. And I read a lot of historical texts. I read a lot of like battles, wars. Like I, I just, I'm a big history nut and like the movements of history and all of that. And so when he starts telling me aspects of these characters or different things, I start looking for some sort of analogy through history or to some sort of real life character that I can wrap my head around Mm -hmm. and through finding somebody that connects because there are times when he'll be talking to me and it's like oh so you're talking about like so and so he's like is that is that who I'm talking about I'm like well yeah here's a quick history lesson (laughs) they did this 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 and this and he's like (laughs) yeah, <laughs> I, I had this character who is basically uh, imprisoned upside down in a cage uh-huh. underground, uh-huh. and he was like <laughs> this lost prince that like he saw that there was going to be a coup and uh, the king was going to be usurped by this like forked tongue uh, ambassador and his soon to be wife, the princess, was going to. Uh, eventually get taken away and married off to him but he was imprisoned but then he was cursed with immortality so he was underground dying over and over and over and over so literally and i go so you're talking about saint peter meeting prometheus and he's like is that what i'm talking about i'm like yeah saint peter is crucified upside down Prometheus was, you know, immortal and had his liver eaten out by a crow every yeah. day. And he's like, then that's what we're talking about. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like all right. And we're like, all right, you one. get it. You get it. Cool. Okay. But he's going to be super strong. <laughs> so is there a chart somewhere on a wall, on a whiteboard? <laughs> That has like okay, so characters, storylines. Well, <laughs> like, what are we doing well, here? Uh, wait, can I share my screen? Yeah, you probably I can. Hold on, let me see you if I can pull can. this up really quick. And... I, I will. I will admit, when it comes to the chart, the story, the the threads, the big web, uh-huh. he's the one who maintains that web. Honestly, I I don't try to maintain the web i don't try to see the the the, i don't try to like focus on the small threads 
as long as I know the big threads and where the big threads are supposed to be within the story, um, I can, and I know where the big events are. I actually, you know, let him tell me about a small thread and Mm. then I negotiate with him in terms of where it should happen within the big storyline, because maybe he wants something to happen earlier but I see a reason as to why it would fit better in a later chunk of like, say the bigger thread yeah. storyline. And it just becomes about sort of re-slotting and removing things at that point, you know? Hey, okay. can you enable screen sharing? Yeah. If it's too difficult, I'll uh, just show you this after. And it's just like, this isn't even anywhere near complete. <laughs> this is going to be hilarious when you see this. <laughs> this is like just the start. All right, you're good to go. Okay, let me share screen three. Share. All right, do you see this? Shut the hell up. <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> All right. That so, is so crazy. It looks it, like a it, constellation. <laughs> All right, so each one of these is like a character. So we got Banshee, Sadayama, Ragnar in the middle, and the Ragnar squad. But each one of these little, little doodads has story and history and the relationships of all the other characters within it. So this is Beatbox. I've got a Pinterest page linked. The tone, which is usually like uh, either a YouTube video or uh, like some sort of media that is reminiscent of the character that I want to reference. Um, but yeah, this is like the the madness of all, all of this. The Order of the Heavy with all the demons and you, you the death. Asked- for the map <laughs> yeah yeah you just got shown the map <laughs> yeah so i've got like over eight thousand pins on pinterest for characters and reference and uh just like visual stuff i've got a lot of videos linked in this um and i'm just constantly trying to update it like skelly king this is all the people that is related to skelly king the Harp Wizard, Doomhead, Sorceress, uh, Wraith, Nitro Nicander, all that stuff. And it's just like, ooh, Viper One. Yes, Viper One's pretty cool. I did a lot of work on Viper One. So, I mean, do we need to plug the program that you're using because you're using <laughs> oh, it to yeah, its yeah, like, yeah. fullest? Sorry, sorry. Uh, it's Obsidian. I am so thankful that this is a real thing because uh, I've got the uh, ADHDs and all the other stuff uh, that goes along with it. And this is actually how my brain thinks. This is... Uh, what is this, master? Deep in the darkest corners of our earth, digital sculptors are choosing body parts and combining them in unnatural ways. <laughs> they are making a mutant. The evolving group of worldwide toy makers has become collaborating digital sculpting and making a mutant on Instagram. <laughs> making a mutant. on Instagram. Join making a mutant on Instagram, a digital sculpting toy collab. I can't just do sheets of paper. I have to do this. And for Wes, it's like, uh, what? 
what was that one character that you were talking about? I'm like, oh, do you mean Roadkill? This guy? And then, like, I've got, like, sh- like tons and tons and tons of stuff on him. Like, I've got notes upon notes in my drive that I have to transfer to this thing. But so far, it's uh, it's been working out pretty good. Um, Insane. I, um, if there was a way to like black out all the names so I can just show people the diagram of the web and how, okay, how it, oh, you can show people this. This is totally fine. I don't care. It moves as you scroll over it. And that is terrifying. Yes. So you can, uh, show like this is Banshee and all these little connection points are, like all the characters or things that are relating to that character. So and we've got the various things yeah. line up to the various characters that are related yes. to that character. Yes. And, and you have to like, you know, weave this web and like make it all make sense. So Banshee is the captain and the owner of Viper One, the, this thing right here. And Viper One was designed by her father, Dr. Chiba. And in Viper One has all the, uh, uh pretty much all the crew so theo jam uh nina akio nora like all these other characters and this is like all their profiles and their backstory and kind of like a little blurb of what they specialize in and uh what their role is on that ship and it just goes on and on and on and on (laughs) so is there just a link that you have that i can just start like maybe hook you guys to my bank account in case you start producing toys for all of these. Dude. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let me just create a quick note in here. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, uh, we, I want to make stuff. I, I, we're story creators. We're storytellers. We're toy makers. Like we want to make cool shit and it's, uh, it's taken us some time to get to where we're at. And uh Wes has a myriad of stories that he hasn't talked to anybody else about that he wants to write and produce and do comics of. I've been building this world of Ragnar and like a couple other stories. And it's just there it it's kind of weird. It, it's like the we're either doing the work or we're having a hard time trying to post about it. And yeah. I can't do both. Like I have such a hard time uh, even taking pictures of like the current paint jobs or the sculpts that I'm doing or promoting. I, I yeah. need somebody like to kind of hang out and hover and just do it because we are doing so much more than than anything that's seen. Like, and that's yeah. and that's the thing is people, you know. And I like I don't know we we I think we both have a very warped sense of of how much we do or don't get done mm-hmm. right and our warped sense of how much we do or don't get done is really almost entirely based off how much we don't get done in a day you know what I mean mm-hmm. I know that for me and I know for Chris in a lot of ways that. You know, we just, we have a little, we have these things that we do every day, every day, every day, every day. And we're chipping at, uh, chipping away at all these various projects and stuff like that. And there's so much of it, but all these projects are like very, 
you know, they're slow moving. They take a lot of effort. There's a lot of hands involved. There's back and forth. There's, there's so many things going on with it that, um, that you don't, you have a hard time appreciating how far down you've come the road, come down the road, especially when there are other projects that you're doing the same thing on. You know what I mean? Like, just because, like, yeah, we're working on the toy project, we're, but we're also working on the comic project. But, you know, after a week, we can, for the most part, every week, it's it's not like any, some grand thing has been finished right. in that week. And so we're, I don't know, we're, like, constantly judgmental but we're constantly about like laying bricks down, completed like, product, like, products and, you know. Like... We, we've got so many different piles of, like, bricks that we've been stacking mm-hmm. that, I mean, eventually everything will, will, will be, it, it would be awesome to reflect on and look back at. Just be like, holy shit, we did do that. <laughs> we, oh, yeah. oh, wow. Yeah, we... We did. <laughs> yeah, but but like Jesse Ventura in Predator, we ain't got time to bleed, man. We, yeah, man. We barely, like we barely notice what we have done. All we yeah. kind of see is everything we still need to get done, you know? Yeah. yeah. And um and we're we are naturally quote unquote proud of, of what we have done. I just I just think we don't really take the time to sit around and enjoy it to really sometimes notice what we've done. I think, I, is what, I think there is might be like say. a moment close to, it's usually around designer con or one of our bigger conventions where like we, we, we've crossed the finish line for that year. And mm-hmm. it's usually designer con at the end of the year yeah. that we're just like, all right, what do we do? Like, what did we do this year? uh oh shit we we helped that person out with that toy we we produced this toy we helped this person uh start making comics over here we started working on gallery showings over here we established connections with people in mexico and in japan and taiwan we started working on like trying to do more uh community building efforts uh in this city and like banding together with other people working on their projects and uh trying to eventually start uh small shows and conventions and we we have like maybe one or two days out of the year where we're just like oh yeah we we are doing stuff <laughs> we are. <laughs> I, I, although I will say this, I think that when we get to the end of the year and, and when we do finally get done and we kind of take this breather to sort of look at everything that, that we did, honestly, I think we're so exhausted that we're just kind of like, I don't, I don't want to do anything for like yeah. a month. Oh, yeah, and for half, sure. A few months. You know, I, and I think that toast. ultimately that's that's kind of our odd reward at mm-hmm. the end of the year is not doing anything for like a month or two. I, I will guess. now allow you to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the the question. Uh, I well, I have a question and a soft pitch that I'm hoping you guys uh-huh. will take me up on. Um, the question, like, at what point do you expand Last Bastion to include? more people so that they can oh, take dude, on as soon as i start as again 
Yeah, yes, you can. As soon as we get money yes, in, and I'm going to start paying people to do everything <laughs> that I don't want to do or don't have time to do anymore. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so it's, it's as soon as we can, man. It, it's um, not because we're super cool kids or want to keep it exclusive or anything like that. We've got plenty of talented and creative friends, such as yourself, that I would love to try and get involved in some way, shape, or form. Here's the I soft mean, pitch, like, then. Are you okay. ready? Sure. You have so many characters and so many stories. Uh-huh. What does it look like to just do an underground podcast series where each episode is you coming on and telling the story of one character? Whether dude. it's Ragnar, whether Ooh, it's Luchador, whether it's other Hold stories. On. Hold dude. on. You don't you are touching on Pandora's box right here, sir. And you don't understand <laughs> the kind of wrangling job that this is going to require <laughs> of me. I I can already tell you, listen, yeah. you're both super excited about this. <laughs> and it's like you you two hold your horses. You two put on the goddamn brakes because <laughs> because Hey, we'll meet you in the parking to, lot at the I'm 7-Eleven. I'm going to have to manage that. It can definitely be done, and I am willing to do it, but I got to I gotta have some breather time before I jump down that road. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then here's the real pitch. I drive up to somewhere near you. We do it, but, West, you can just be in a corner with the bell and just ring it whenever Dang. something's wrong. Yeah, just, nope. <laughs> we got to Move on. Yeah, we're, we're doing we that gotta go. Yeah, it's a running timer per topic. Oh, yeah. dude. <laughs> no, that that is definitely exciting, and I it actually be a a really cool way to uh, talk about this whole world and like all the things that we're doing uh, instead of like you know putting a huge financial effort and coordination into getting a physical comic or graphic produced i mean a physical physical like, comic like, and graphics and stuff are going to be made anyway yeah but you know if we're already working on it and we already have some art why not throw the art up as like a podcast cover and and yeah. talk talk a little bit about a character and Dude. yep maybe maybe uh give clean backgrounds maybe i gotta write out some uh some outlines uh some talking outlines uh, sure. For for you guys before you get unleashed verbally, but um, but yeah, it, it's it's definitely it's definitely something that'd be cool. It's definitely something that we'd be interested in. It's just um, I'm telling you guys right now, yep. <laughs> there's a lot of wrangling on my part. Yeah, <laughs> you tell me. You type in the chat. You tell me. Give me yeah. a date at which I need to put in my yeah. two weeks here so I can focus just on stories, <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, oh my God, that'd be awesome. I think what's interesting from an outside perspective about Last Bastion and about this duo, um, one, both of your stories are phenomenal. Go listen to those episodes. But two, together, um, I think you said it like you didn't get stuck in just doing one thing, right? Like it's not, it's like, Ragnar and that whole world, Luchador and that whole world, but now it's we're stepping into Ultraman and we're getting into that stuff and and we work with all kinds of artists that need help getting over to these different factories and stuff and and it's it is an incredible story and like 
web that you guys have woven together that isn't on obsidian like it's in front of me on this podcast that you guys are like building this whole brand that is more than just this one trick pony but it like you have all the tricks is what is happening Mm -hmm. i I think that's something that that was well, I, I know for me, um, when I, that fateful day that I first went and saw Chris at DesignerCon and he was first showing off that, that Ragnar resin figure, um, mm. I, I just, I knew that day uh, that, that there was, that we had, that him and I had something special, just walking around and looking at everybody else. And it wasn't a knock on anybody else. It was just, it was just an understanding that him and I, we were on like a different like mental plane with a different mental idea on where we wanted to go and where we could take it. And I think that, and I really think, um, and I really think the idea of where we could take it is such a important one for the two of us because the both of us see the same sort of end version of the company like we both see the same sort of end version of the company and we both know you know we both have a general idea of what it's definitely gonna take to get there and again i'm not knocking other people i'm not knocking other artists but i don't think they see themselves or they see their properties or they see their company in the same end goal and space that we do you know what i mean we we've got ideas and even game plans on how to tackle these ideas even if they're you know very nebulous five ten year down the line ideas like we like we have game plans for for everything for things that people don't see or even imagine you know and we're not afraid of like having a big vision and something that is complex and long-term and we have the determination and the pragmatic problem-solving guys to just like be like, okay, we want to do this. What is it going to take to actually do this? If I wanted to make an animation, uh, a short or a series, who are the people that do that? How are we t- going to talk to them? How are we going to get funding? Uh, what's the turnaround time? What what's the concept art look like? What 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 is all that stuff? Like we're able to ask all those questions and plan it out. Like where is it going to fit in the timeline and the progression of us ourselves, the company, our other projects, and how is it going to piggyback off of and build along the way with everything else that we're building? Yeah. And it's the, that collaborative vision and determination to make stuff, be successful, and you know, not be hacky and try and be as original and genuine and sincere as possible along the way. The question that I come back to as well is, like, on top of these things are there ideas that you have that you know you can't get to that will just be always pushed to the side? You've written those off as like, we don't get to do that. No. Okay. Well, until like no. we develop like some sort of nuclear fusion core, I mean, <laughs> it's going to be a long ter- time before I can actually get like a mech warrior. 
I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> but I, Listen, I we think... can start with the engine of a Chevy and 3D printed yeah. parts, man. Like... <laughs> I got an adapter kit. Let's get this going. <laughs> I know how you feel about kits, Chris, but yes. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think every single like idea that we have is feasible. Like, like it's just about time and money and do, anything is doable on a long enough timeline and on yeah. a big enough scale you know what i yeah. mean and i think that that's the main thing if we were if we were going if we were saying we want an animated movie within one year like okay but right. let's be realistic let's look at all the things like sure is it is it possible but is it possible from our position right mm -hmm. and, yeah and that's where it's like, okay, sometimes the very first step uh, for a particular project is we've got to be in this position first. So we've got to do all these things to make sure that we are in that position. And then from that position, we can go there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't just want to like dive in to uncharted territories without either being fully secure yourself with the infrastructure that you've built, but also like the relationships and network and outside support as well it's like okay uh i i've seen this time and time again with with people coming out with toys uh of like a random 2d artist they make their designer toy and they go to designer con they think they're gonna have a blowout sale but they've done nothing to market it nobody right. knows who the hell they are and they close down designer con dejected and maybe they've sold a toy if they're lucky, but then they're they're pissed off at the toy community and they're pissed off at everybody else at DesignerCon. It's like, dude, nobody knows who the hell you are. You didn't do any collaborations. You didn't market it well. You didn't reach out to the guys at Toys on Tap or Toy Chronicle or yeah. Spanky Stokes or like you didn't, you didn't talk to like, anyone. You know, yeah. you can't you can't do anything in an isolated vacuum. Yeah. And people seem to think that just because they are online, they're not in this isolated vacuum. But the reality is, is you are in an isolated vacuum, period. And you have to you have to reach out in various ways in in order in order to get outside of that bubble. And like and and that's the other thing that we always say to to everybody else like you got to build your community like you've got to yeah. build community you can't just sit around and expect sales without yeah. giving anything back right and you got to support it as well like i am a toy freak i love toys 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 like if i wasn't making toys i'd still be buying toys i'd still be going to these yeah. shows i'd still be buying comics i still be asking people hey can i get your signature i still do that I still do that. Like, <laughs> I love this stuff. I is like what I am all about. And there are people that come to us asking them, uh, asking us to make their toy and they don't even buy toys. They don't even collect. They have no idea what crazy designer con is. They don't know any of that stuff. And like, I'm okay, cool. Awesome. And like, I'll take, one from Neil Ewing's book, and he tells people straight out, just go buy toys. Mm -hmm. You want to learn how to design a toy? Go buy toys. And that is something that like I've started doing myself is like 
if you're not supporting the community, you're probably not going to get very far uh, without knowing anybody in there. Like, yeah, I think that's what has been. Um, there's always that temptation. Like Toys on Tap, I'm. I would say that I'm in the community. I would say that I've put in the hours to to be I, a part of this. Yeah. Um, and so, um, as a part of that, though, um, there's always that temptation of like. Uh, am, am I in it enough to like blow this out and like create toys and do that and do all these things? Um, but then I realized like my love letter to this community and being a part of it, toys are now secondary to me and I love making them, but they are like my next project. Like toys on tap mm -hmm. is my thing. And, and I've grown to love it because um, even like I do buy toys, I have toys here, but um even if I can't buy toys, I can put an artist on here and say like, man, oh, I, yeah. I love who you are. Like, let's get more of you out into the world because if, that matters. If you can't like what, whatever it may be financial or maybe mm -hmm. you just don't have enough space or whatever, like the least that you can do is like share other people's stuff. Tell your yeah. friends like, Oh, check this out. Look at this. This is rad and just speak about it and that's like way 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 more powerful than just doing nothing yeah <laughs> for sure for sure yeah. um i do have a couple questions which and we can cut this out if we need to um but there was tale of a possible toy show or art show that was gonna happen do we have dates on that? Do oh, we have yeah. what's happening? Like we, we've been working on this for the last couple of months. We've okay. run into uh, every you know, possible issue you can imagine. Yeah. yeah like yeah. the <laughs> we ran through a couple galleries that, you know, some of them started off as like, oh, these guys are going to be the partners. They are willing to work with us and cut us a deal. And then when it came to, like time for us to be like, hey, we've got a contract that we want to make sure that we're on the same page. They weren't willing to do that, or they were changing the prices, or mm. the scheduled artists that were wanting to be a part of it couldn't make it now. Life stuff happened, and uh, you know. That, that being said, there is a Furby toy show yeah. that we're going to be a part yes. of. Yes, coming up here in in uh, in October, I believe. <laughs> Which I only sent one Furby. Do I need to send a second one? There's two of you. I oh, didn't oh, think about a, that. Oh, oh, it's a team project. It's oh, okay. going to be a collaborative okay. effort. We're going to wear <laughs> lab coats and everything. Which we're going to do uh, some surgery. Uh, yeah, I'm pumped. Um, I am pumped that you guys are a part of it. I, you know, this show. Uh, what's fun about Toys on Top is I get to hear backstories, so I know you guys have like backs in resin and working with toys and possibly customizing them. And so there was this idea that I could stick with like the normal toy creators that I find, or I could branch out to the people that I also know their backstory and they might get a kick out of it. And so <laughs> it went out to like that group, and you guys were on that list. I'm stoked that you said yeah. Oh man, it, for oh, me yeah. it was it was definitely an instant thing. You know, I remember my sister having one of these Furbies growing up, and it 
just making weird noises in my closet yeah. and just all the like weird like horror stories about the thing and it just being such this weird toy that even though my sister desperately wanted it when she got it i don't think she enjoyed it at all no. <laughs> like, you know what i mean like, yeah. it's one of those it's one of those you get this thing and you're super excited for it and just all kinds of no yeah. start playing with it, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So it was an easy, like, oh, yeah, I want to end, I want to do something freaky with one of these, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, for, I don't know why I chose, I just love how weird they are. I heard a fact about them when I was doing a Furby history episode that it's the only toy to ever be banned from government buildings. I did hear that. I yeah. did hear that because Wait, the idea why? that it had because it had reporting technology in it, so that it um, could quote unquote learn the way you talk and things like that. Yeah, and then later it on, spoke, it spoke gibberish until it like stopped speaking gibberish and was like speaking English at you, you know. And there was like early. It was so the very early ones were early tech, right? They only functioned yeah. off of base level sound and so yeah. if you talked or if it heard something drop in the middle of the night it kicked it on and uh -huh. then <laughs> batteries they would always malfunction because it was just early tech and then they got a smarter and they started like then realizing that it was processing things and then <laughs> they banned them and then they finally were like oh okay we can unban them we don't have to worry about anything they're not actually like storing yeah. information or anything like that but yeah yeah i remember i remember hearing about that and thinking that was that was one of the the funnier stories about furbies and stuff like that and i gotta i gotta admit man that's like one of the things that makes you know this whole number one it makes this whole toy community extra fun and number two um is that it like it also helps bring out the super creative edge with all these other toy creators and everything mm -hmm. that I see is you're resurrecting something that nobody asked for. Like, yeah. like I like I wasn't I if you you could have knocked me over with a feather when you were like, I'm doing a Furby toy show. It's like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> like, okay, I knew he liked Furbies, but uh but yeah. like you know, and and I know that I know that people are gonna come with their A game, mm -hmm. you know, for this. Like your your design and everything for what you're doing is awesome. I'd like to think that we have a super unique idea that we're mm -hmm. gonna do that's <laughs> gonna be kind of twisted, but but you know, I know that other people are gonna come out with some really bang up stuff and I'm looking forward to just seeing it as a creative and just seeing how other people's creative minds have interpreted this thing and, and all of that, you know? Yeah. Um, so with this toy show or with the art show that hopefully is coming, I'm assuming that it's still in the works, even though it is, it's things... always, yeah. The, the thing is, is our art show is all the people who have agreed to be a part of our art show, like, they're in like locked in there's no question they're always going to be in they're just waiting for us to like you know finally settle down on the place and the timeline and it's just that is the only tease that's the only tease you know we find a place and then the rug gets pulled out from under us and 
I know we we talked to you a few times about it. We thought we had a spot, and then we're sending emails out. We're getting everybody prepped, and then yank where the the rug comes back out. Um, I am I am confident that there is something out there. I am confident that there is a way to make this all work. But at the same time, um, I think neither Chris or I are going to force this. Right? Yeah. We're not we're not gonna we're not gonna break ourselves to make it happen. We have enough things going on in our daily lives and in our last fashion studios lives to, to definitely keep us busy till the end, to the end of time. Mm-hmm. Um, the toy show would definitely be a labor of love, but it's going to be one of those things that, you know, it's part of the community. It's part of us. It's part of everything that we want to do. It's also part of us showing off all these other artists that we love and, and, and hold dear and all of that. So I know it's going to happen, but you know, I know it's not going to happen until we find that perfect place so that we can, you know, have the best experience possible. And that's really the ultimate thing that is holding us back. Mm-hmm. We don't want to compromise on this great experience that we are trying to create. And we're not going to force a, a place um, that isn't that isn't going to work smoothly you know what i mean if it's mm-hmm. if it's too rocky to try and make it work then it's probably not the place we should do it at you yeah. know what i mean right and and if we get tired of searching i think we can just put up some white walls in, in the backyard and uh, put some shelves up and i think that might even be easier and and cooler <laughs> and yeah. a little bit more punk rock yeah uh, which is totally fine guess what i'm making my own gallery with blackjack and <laughs> Uh, and a tent in the backyard yeah i'd still be there i'd still be there we would move whatever we need to um so the the question that i have is it's a tough one but with all this stuff in mind and like the things that you're currently working on um what do you both envision is next for last bastion Oh, well, so G-Fest, G-Fest comes in next weekend. Both of you immediately just like yes. fit for it. Yeah. Okay. So, Dude. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> First and foremost, we gotta get to G-Fest. Okay. Wes is driving out there what, on the ninth. This. <laughs> yeah, this I'm leaving. On, I'm leaving on Sunday to, to make and a multi-day I'm basically out there. gonna be painting figures up until like Sunday. I mean, uh, Tuesday night before I fly out there. And hopefully I get everything sealed so it doesn't stick to the the bags that I'm going to put it in. But I've got like 15 figures to paint. I hope I get through all of them. Um, But yeah, G-Fest first. But you you also touch on something, uh, (laughs) the future. The future. You You touch on the future. And I don't know where this came from, but over i think it's seven or eight people now have come to me personally and i'm sure they've talked to wes about this is that they were unhappy with how they did at five points and it could have just been a weird show i'm not knocking five points at all or the people that organized it it always looks like a blast and i am super down to do it next year but they there's more than like eight people coming to me asking me personally. Me, there's Chris. a lot. There's if we, we I had a lot if of people I telling me. If I am, am going to be putting a on show. a soft final toy show in Los Angeles, 
Yeah, yes. I've had that question. I've had that question. And, and it's like, I, it's when did I turn into weird. that guy? It got a little weird where we were like, did we say we were going to put on a soft final toy show, Chris? Cause, I mean, I, mean, I know we were we going to do about a the gallery. gallery. We were going to do the gallery, but were we actually <laughs> talking like a convention show? And then it's like, but well, it, I you know, people who it. have been in the community for many, many years and talking to me seriously about it. And I was like, okay, okay, this is weird. Um, so obviously people are talking. So I am looking into how to partner up with people out here and possibly in the next two, maybe three years at the max. Uh, you'll probably see something that we're going to be collaborating on with uh, a bunch of the people out here. And yeah. we're not, uh, it's going to be open to everybody. We're we're not playing favorites. Nope. Everybody's going to be invited. Um, we've got some. Obviously, we're, we're going to want to make it as big as possible, but, but we're not, we're not afraid yeah. of it being an intimate, like. We're we're going to start manageable first. I mean, that's the idea. We've got hard lines with a lot of uh, people in Mexico that we saw that want to come up for a show that they don't have to fly all the way to the East Coast yeah. uh, to do and, you know, navigate the craziness of getting hotels and, uh, you know, working the landscape and making sure that they have friends and people that they can lean on. And it's like, hey, we're here. We will support all of them and make sure that they are all taken care of. And we've got friends from Taiwan that want to fly in. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a couple buddies from Japan that want to hang out and like and maybe we just Airbnb like yeah. a whole yep. house and yeah. just bring people in for them to stay, you know, and uh, and go that yeah. route. But anyways, it's it's another thing we are sticking our fingers yeah. into. <laughs> I think that you might know a podcast that would sponsor the event and would give ample time <laughs> oh. to advertise for as long as you needed for that show. I'm gonna, we're going to make you the MC, dude. You're going to be the people as the convention goes around. You're not going to be Deal. on the floor. Deal. No, no, no. You don't get to rest on your. You don't get to rest on your heels for this one, sir. It's going to be, be a Twitch stream. You're going to be live. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. That's, uh, you know, I did. It's interesting that you bring that up because there are artists that I've seen that came back with more stock than they would have in previous years or came back with more stuff. And, and yeah, I don't know what that is. I never I it's always hard. Like it, people will say economy, but people always have money to throw at things. So it's hard <sighs> to navigate that. I mean, I, I think I honestly, when people say the economy, I think I, I think there is a just just my real fast two cents. During COVID, a lot of people had nowhere to go and a lot of extra cash and nowhere to spend it on. And mm -hmm. so the collectible market had this crazy boom. And so everybody seemed to think that the good times were going to last forever. But the reality is, is the world opened up again and now people have to judge where they're putting their money. Mm -hmm. So all we've really seen is I think a normalization back of the market that to what it should have been probably pre COVID time. Yeah. Now, how are people taking your figures and are they choosing yours versus something else? 
that's a completely different psychology and marketing and, and everything else. But um, I, I can't, I can't blame everything on the economy, man. I can't blame everything on the economy. And I don't think right. it's one of those like, oh, it's once the economy gets better. Like, no, I think, I think this is what, this is kind of what we should expect. Like, I think that the market is normalized and we should expect something along these lines from here on out. Like, people aren't just going to be flush with cash all, all the time. Yeah. Right. Dropping 250 on a single toy. Uh, that's pretty rough for a lot of people. Maybe. Yeah. You know, for a while when we were getting those Trump bucks, like it was like mm -hmm. money was just flowing. But I also didn't like a lot of us didn't have anything else to worry about. Exactly. You weren't spending on anything else. Like you weren't yeah. going out to get fancy dinners or date night with the significant other or going to the movies with the family or anything like that. You weren't doing or those all those so cumulative expenses, gas, food, like all, yeah. all that stuff. But yeah. anyways, I digress. Yeah. We digress. <laughs> we, digress. Um, we digress. I yes. have like, I'm so stoked that you both were able to come back on. Um, I always uh, with you two, especially um, up until recently you held the longest episode. I think Chris held the longest episode <laughs> on Toys on Tap. I'm so uh, sorry. I'm so no, sorry. No, no, it was only beat like it was beat this last week by like two minutes. I think not. It was beat by a small amount. So don't worry. Now you're not the that longest. That son of a bitch. Who was it? <laughs> <laughs> but um, we need an addendum. Yeah. Chris needs an addendum interview. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you guys on. Yes. Um, but with all of that. The last part of every episode. Uh, this one's a little harder for you guys because you guys are balancing so much stuff. So you have to plug everything and tell everyone what they can get and where they go to get those things. Oh, well, uh, very, can I just very do a plug? Very, very shout out. Plug. <laughs> I'll go to your shout out. Okay. So uh, earlier I said that I did all the sculpting on the Ultraman stuff. That is 90% true, but okay. I also did have a very special friend, Kevin Smith, uh, uh, another sculptor friend, uh, help out on some additional details. I want to make sure that he is noticed and shouted out True, and that his uh, Instagram will be on the Kickstarter page Perfect. and you need to go check his stuff out. He's an awesome sculptor. He's a rad dude. You all know him and love him. Uh, anyways, just needed to make sure that that was clear. Which which <laughs> takes us right back to the very first thing I was going to yes. plug, which is the Ultraman Chibi Kickstarter. Yeah. Uh, we actually do have a special QR code for you, sir, that you can post for people to, uh, to use and scan and click and all of that special link and everything. Great. So Abe will have his own special uh, link and everything for that. Otherwise you can find us on all the social media channels uh, at, at last fashion studios. Um, we have our own website, lastfashionstudio.com. Um, Chris is on his socials as Ragnar Squad. I am Luchador Comic. I'm also Wes Allard, if you feel like coming and finding me. But um, that's the fast thing. 
and then uh conventions chris okay so we've got g fest which is happening the 14th through the 16th is that right I chicago so, illinois yeah. yes uh and then soon right after that we've got uh japan world heroes which in august is in burbank august 18th to the 20th and then we've got uh was it uh all monsters attack is that the that the next one after that the week right after japan world heroes and all i monsters think that attack, that's, that's probably the the big three right there for for now I think that we might be doing a small little pop-up show at the Revenge of uh, Pinball oh, yeah. and Comic Book Shop. I, I don't have a date confirmed yet. Uh, and I think there will be a, a pop-up uh, thing that we would be doing at Pulp Fiction Long Beach as well. But again, we don't have a date for that. Yeah. yeah uh, it's going to be another toy show. Like, There's going to be a couple of our artists. It's us, I think. Andrew McLean might be there uh and a few others that i will get confirmed with brian and if you can't make any of those you can always 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 find us at designer con yep december oh baby <laughs> <laughs> and as a birthday or christmas present to your loved ones buy ragnar and the luchador Safubi, please. They're so so <laughs> so sick. Thank you. Thank you very much. Of course. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Hey, thank you both for coming on. It's always such a fun blast to have you guys. Yeah. Yeah, man. We'll, super, we'll talk super happy to be here. Happy to happy to see you and looking forward to the next time. And if that story podcast <laughs> is gonna happen, it's just a quick message. I'm in. Whatever it takes. Okay. <laughs> Let's plan it out. Yeah.